The reading this evening is from Isaiah 58. True fasting, shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if, if they were a nation that does what it is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do, go, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way, and not doing as you please, or speaking idle words. Then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land, and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord.
Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would open our ears, open our eyes and our hearts, that we may hear and receive your word. For your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hi, my name is Marianne, and for those of you who don't know, I'm one of the curates based here at Christchurch, but I'm also serving with our neighbouring parish, that is St Luke's in Stanmore with St Mark's Oliver's Battery. Um, I left Christchurch about three years ago when I began training for ordination, and when I left, we had just completed a preaching series on the book of Isaiah, and I know that some of you will remember that preaching series. Um, and I particularly remember the challenge that we were left with when this very passage was preached on. I didn't even have to go back and look at my notes. The challenge that we were left with was to share our homes, share our clothes, and share our food. So let's think of this talk as a bit of a refresher and I wonder how you've been doing at sharing your homes, your clothes, and your food. And of course, it's possible to read these verses over a number of different horizons, but what I'm going to talk about this evening is true worship. So now I want you to have a think, if you will, about one thing that's going on in the world today that is important and matters to you. It could be an international issue. It might be a national concern. It could be something local or even something personal. It could be political, economic, environmental, or social. It might be something about climate change or COVID, violence, racial injustice, poverty, or violence against women and girls. It might be a decision that you need to make, a relationship, or something concerning your family or work. So you thought of one? You've got one? Now, let me ask you this. Does your worship on a Sunday affect how you see and deal with whatever it was that you just chose? And if so, how? And if not, why not? Isaiah is concerned in this passage that worship had become something done simply out of ritual, with no bearing on how people actually lived in the world or how they treated one another. Isaiah is saying that if worship doesn't encompass the way that we live in the world, then it's not really worship. Their rebellion is that they are fasting, so they're doing the religious thing for their own interest, and at the same time, oppressing others. They are fasting, they're doing the religious thing, but at the same time, it hasn't really changed their lives. They still quarrel and fight and strike 
with a wicked fist. Such fasting or worship, God says, will not let their voice be heard on heaven. And, and it's not the type of fast, it's not the worship that God chooses. And God is saying, is that what you call fasting? Is that what you call worship? Just one day? That's not the fast that God chooses, and you're still oppressing others. The prophet Isaiah was active at a time when the prophet Micah was active, and they overlapped a bit with the prophets um, Hosea and Amos. Now, all of these guys were located in different geographical areas, but they were dealing with the same sorts of issues. The people's worship looked good on the outside, but their hearts weren't really there. They hadn't understood what true worship is. And um, we sung them actually earlier, but some words from the prophet Micah. He says, He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. A couple of years ago, I went up to London to join Christian Climate Action's Faith Bridge protest. And we were there to petition the government to take quicker action on climate change. And there were lots of people there, uh, many holding banners with different slogans written on them. But there was a woman there, and she had a, a T-shirt with her message on. And um, it was taken from these verses that I just mentioned from Micah. And she had the words, true worship, question mark, question mark. Um, and then it said... Um, love kindness, uh, walk humbly with your God, uh, do justice. And I asked her why she was wearing that T-shirt. I suppose the answer is obvious, really, isn't it? But she told me that for her, worship was more than just showing up to church on a Sunday, but that it was also about challenging injustice. And she said that climate change has had and is having a disproportionate effect on the poor. And we know that she's right, isn't she? And we know as well that this pandemic is too having a disproportionate effect on the poor. And I don't know about you, but I can't help but wonder about my worship. Do my actions align and reflect what I claim to believe about God? Is there more congruity or more contradiction in my life? Is the religious thing that I'm doing for the benefit and the welfare of others, or is it mostly just so that I can get on with business as usual? And we can gather here each Sunday and say our prayers, nod in agreement with the scriptures, and in, in normal times sing. But if those things do not govern, and guide our actions in the world, if they do not align our interests and our concerns with God's, if they are merely self-serving words to make us feel better about ourselves, then they fall on deaf ears and God is not listening. Maybe we should spend more time doing the truth of God as well as speaking the voice of God. I wonder what that would look like in your life. What would that mean for the things 
that are important and matter to you? How might that change your decisions, priorities, or opinions? Speaking through Isaiah, God says, that means untying and freeing another from bonds of injustice. It means letting the oppressed go free. It means sharing our bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into our homes. It means giving clothes to the naked. It means stopping pointing the finger and speaking evil of others. And it means satisfying the needs of the afflicted. Injustice, oppression, hunger, homelessness, poverty, nakedness, blame, and slander are God's concerns, things that are important to and matter to God. And they are not necessarily only physical conditions. They, of course, can be emotional and spiritual too. So we can hunger for a meal, or we can hunger for love. We can be homeless on the streets, or we can be homeless in our hearts, within ourselves. Nakedness could mean that we have no clothes, or it might mean that we have no hope. And I wish that doing the truth was as easy as sending some money to a charity or donating some food or some clothes or building a homeless shelter, but I don't think that it is. And I'm not against any of those things, of course. We uh, hope that we always respond with compassion and kindness and generosity. Those things need to be done. But we need to be really careful that they don't become just another day of fasting, which changes nothing. And maybe that's why a former archbishop in Brazil, maybe that's what he was getting at when he said, when I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. But when I ask why they are poor, they call me a communist. And I hear the words of that archbishop. I hear the words of Isaiah. I hear the words of Jesus, and I have to ask myself, not only how am I responding to these conditions, but also why do those conditions exist? And in what ways are my lifestyle, decisions, opinions, and actions enabling and perpetuating these conditions in the life of another? One day of fasting, and God says, you call that a fast. This is a fast. To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. It's not, is it, to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor, wanderer with shelter, and when you see the naked, clothe them. Now, of course, we live in a very, very rich part of the world, don't we? Some of us have more than one home. Many of us have clothing in our wardrobes and our drawers that we've never even worn, and our supermarket shelves are filled with a bewildering amount of choice when it comes to food. So I wonder, how have you been doing 
with sharing your homes, your clothes, and your food over the past three years. And let me end with this. It is not surprising that there are profound resonances between Isaiah 58's call to the people and the mission of Jesus to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to captives, and let the oppressed go free. This is Jesus's mission, and because it's his mission, it's our mission. Jesus is the light, but those who would follow him are called to reflect his light. So let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for each and every one of us that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we may be less of what we used to be and that we may become more of what you want us to be. Amen. Amen.